Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maiden, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Over the last few decades, we've come to understand the role of private enterprise a little differently. There's a call to be corporate citizens and responsible ones at that. Responsibility can be good business. It's part of why big energy companies have begun to shift their marketing and their products towards sustainability. Think of it this way. You need a planet to run a business on. Um, We've even put a number on it because of capitalism, right? So the World Bank estimated in 2011 that the combined value of the Earth's natural resources, and I'm talking about forests, rivers, wetlands, wildlands, farms, that sort of thing, is worth $44 trillion. That's trillion with a T. So it can't hurt to pay attention to how your business impacts the environment and those resources. That shift has been underway for years at the major corporate level, but my guest Julie Este is leading a much smaller operation in that direction as sustainability manager at Industrial Safety Solutions, a firm that helps oil and gas companies comply with environmental and safety requirements. Julie joined the company in 2023 after working in business development for a digital literacy company and creating her own line of healthy seasonings. Her job is to help ISS develop techniques that can reduce their own carbon footprint and that can be marketed to other companies. Julie grew up in Sunset and now lives in Scott. Julie Este, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, my next guest, Caroline Jurisic, has made a career of helping universities be more inclusive, particularly of people with disabilities. From 2017 to 2023, she directed UL's LIFE program, which offers education for young adults with cognitive disabilities. Uh, she's since moved on from that job to launch the Quad, an enrichment center serving the same community. The Quad offers counseling, speech therapy, hands-on community service projects, a coffee bar, a cooking lab, and a clubhouse. It's a membership-based program that puts many of the most needed services under one roof. Caroline holds a Doctor of Education from UL and was recognized by the university as a champion of diversity in 2020. Caroline grew up in Bossier City and now lives in Lafayette. Caroline Jurisic. Welcome to After Lunch. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Julie, I know the long-term goal here, right? I mean, you're, you're operating at a business level is to develop maybe some consulting products and things that you guys, I mean, if I understand kind of the business model around industrial safety solutions generally, right? You'd be helping companies fulfill the same kind of work. But I, I kind of had me curious. I mean, like, you take your own company on the sort of this sustainability journey. What was sort of that first step that you took? So the first step was researching what is sustainability and what, where did it come from, what, what is it defined as, and what does that look like for the oil and gas industry. So tons of research. Did, did what you find surprise you? I mean, like, did you kind of have an idea of what sustainability might mean and then you, you know, I don't know, Googled it or whatever and come up with a completely different answer? So I had a very minuscule idea of what sustainability (laughs) was compared to how it was defined and implemented from the United Nations into the United States. Wow. So, I mean, okay, well, so you didn't have kind of a background in sustainability, I take it, because you didn't really know much about it. So so how do you land as that being something that you're going to spearhead within a company? For me, yeah, sure, yeah. business development and entrepreneurship all looks the same yeah. as far as the 
floor plan, the, sure. the root system of it. So it just made sense to research what is sustainability yeah. and how do we build that division. Yeah. So it just all made sense. So I mean, just sort of the business practice itself just sort of clicked with you. You're like, I'm a business professional. I can manage it. I can sell sustainability. I could sell Microsoft educational tools, right? Right. So for me, I'm very passionate about helping people and making a difference. Sure. And so sustainability is being responsible and making a difference. And so it just made sense. Sure. So, so Caroline, speaking of passion, you're, you've been very passionate about advocacy around you know, diversity, particularly sure. in, in inclusion of people with disabilities within sort of an educational setting. You know, I think people would see that background and say, a business venture, right? Right. Like that's may not be the other end of it, right? You even have a doctor in education, right. you know, you know, you're not that you need an MBA to run a business, but that's maybe not the place that you go. So I want to kind of go back to when you decide to start the quad and you make the decision to take a for-profit approach as opposed to a nonprofit approach. I mean, help me understand a very basic thing, which is like, did you see that there was enough like demand, a customer base to build a membership model around that community? Yeah, so um, that is kind of exactly what I saw. Um, I've been with UL Life uh, for almost nine years total um, in different roles. And then before that, I was in the special education system in the uh, uh, Lafayette Parish. Yeah. And what we consistently saw from um, our students who graduated from UL Life, from parents I know in the community through different organizations was we have all of these wonderful um, elements around inclusion and um, growth and development for these individuals in the educational system. And hopefully those lead to employment. The problem is, is when they get into that um, adult age, there's very little offered. Um, parents and families and the individuals themselves are having to piece together services, trying to find people who work with adults. Employment has grown for this population, uh, which is great, and we want it to keep growing. It's still not where it needs to be. But hopefully everyone's life is more than just their job, right? Mm -hmm. We don't just want to go to work and come home and that be it. And so all of those things that they experience through inclusion in the educational system kind of go away once that uh, educational setting does other than hopefully employment. So we kept hearing that uh, from families and, and from individuals. Um, and so about two years ago, I kind of started thinking about this. And then about a year ago, started putting uh, things into motion, doing focus groups with families and individuals, sending out surveys um, to just try to gauge I think this is a need. Is it actually a need? Um, and the response was overwhelmingly, yes, it is a need. Um, and we did kind of look at, is this a nonprofit? Because that's where our mind typically goes with this population. And the response was, we want it to be a service. We want it to be a business. We don't, um, we have some wonderful organizations in town that do incredible things with this population. We don't need that replicated. We need something new. Um, so we looked at models around the country that exist similar to this, a little bit different, and kind of went from there. But it has definitely been a new set of education as far <laughs> sure. as opening a business. Uh, I feel like I'm still in school. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I, the thing that drew my attention immediately, right, was the cooking lab. I yeah. mean, like, so is the idea there that is that like a space that folks with cognitive disabilities are more likely to find work I mean is that why or is it just there's something specific about that activity that, that so works well that goes into independent living right yeah. um, we have to cook for ourselves we have to take care of ourselves I myself am not an expert chef but I can I can handle myself in the kitchen I know the basic safety rules I know basic mm -hmm. recipes and how to do things um, so yes there is a level of it that could lead to employment mm -hmm. but 
one of the other goals is that these individuals live independently. And that level of independence might look different for each one, um, but we want them to be able to wake up each day and, and handle their day as independent as they possibly can. And that a lot of times does include um, cooking for themselves, getting themselves ready, transportation, things like that. Okay. So, um, you know, Julie, uh, one thing I happen to know about ISS, I think we've had Ray on the show before, was the, the, the company pivoted pretty quick during the pandemic, right, to offer sort of COVID-related services, right? Like seeing, hey, here's a need that sort of arose, and so let's fill this need or help companies fill this need. I mean, was there a similar similar kind of origin story around the sustainability thing? Were, were, were you guys noticing that clients within the industry you already worked with were, hey, we, you know, we want to pivot our companies in this direction, or was it more of an internally... Uh, generated focus. Right, right. So when, as you know, Ray Flores is a very innovative um, business owner. And so just as he did in the recovery side, about 10 years ago, he had the idea for sustainability Hmm. and realized that he was probably, you know, a little bit before his time. And so now as we're looking at our major oil and gas companies, they have sustainability programs and teams already on board Mm -hmm. so it just made sense part of sustainability is safety so Mm -hmm. we decided to look at that so tell me a little bit about what the product line for something like this would look like and i mean like that could mean services i mean give me a sense of like what is you know 10 years ago ray has this idea and it kind of comes to fruition now i mean what's the thing that you hope to bring to market i mean is it, you know, helping companies understand the role of carbon sequestration? I mean, what are we talking about here? So, great question. Currently, with ISS, Ray has built that company around doing safety audits, sure. behavioral assessments, you know, those type of um, services. So, the question is, right now, we are looking to how can we be responsible? Oh, okay. And then what does that look like? for our customer base, how can we help? Does that look like adding something to our audits or does that look like a different type of service? Does that look like training? Mm -hmm. So we're currently exploring what is it, how can we apply it to our company, Mm -hmm. and then how can we help our customers and our industry? Have you, I mean, come across anything yet internally that's been beneficial where you're like, this is, this seems to be working or, or, you know, you're talking about an auditing process, I mean, auditing your own company's like carbon footprint profile. I mean, I'm still trying to understand what this looks like. So whenever you look at sustainability, I thought it was just the carbon footprint, right? Okay. But it goes from ending poverty to health and wellness to safety, clean water, clean Mm -hmm. energy, you know, so it's a very broad spectrum. Sure of initiatives that are there. So when we looked within ISS, and again, we're at the beginning phases of that, at looking, there's a lot of things that we're already doing Mm -hmm. that essentially just need to be tracked Mm -hmm. and put into the sustainability model. So for instance, one of those things is health. So you look at health and ISS has already been proactive Mm -hmm. at looking at doing some 5Ks and health challenges and rewarding their employees for it. And that's all built into the sustainability model. Hmm. Safety is one of the other ones that we're already by keeping employees safe that prevents them from having an accident, which prevents a spill, which protects our environment. So there's other ways besides just the carbon capture plants. 
You're listening to Out to Lunch, Christian Mater. I'm talking to Julie Este, the Sustainability Manager at Industrial Safety Solutions, and Caroline Jurisic, who founded The Quad. Caroline, I mean, you, you mentioned that you know, you're taking a journey, right, from working in the academic world into being a business, I mean, you know, business operator, having to think about this in an entirely different sort of way, like people that you work with, you're very passionate about working with, but they also right. need to be like customers, right. clients. You have to minimize costs and raise revenue and all that kind of thing. I mean, how has that transition been for you just taking perhaps your education hat off and putting an entrepreneur hat on? Yeah, um, it's been an education. Uh, (laughs) um, It's a good thing you have experience in that. Um, So the content, you know, what we are providing, that part is, you know, what I call my my easy part um, because that's the part I know I helped. Um, with the design of UL Life. We did a redesign in 2017. So that part kind of has been the easy part and the part I want to continuously go back to because I'm like, oh, that's easy. Um, But I have um, a great support system. And I think one of the things that's so great about uh, Acadiana and Lafayette in particular is our small businesses here. And Mm -hmm. so connecting with those small businesses has been extremely beneficial to me. Um, Even though this is kind of on its own, it's not anything I can call a retail store and say, hey, you know, how are we doing this? Um, But uh, there are other models in other states that have been very generous with their time and talking about, you know, the things, how they started, um, things they wish they would have done differently. Um, So it's been I don't want to say a challenge in a negative way. It's been kind of an exciting challenge to really learn from others um, and kind of get all of the knowledge from all from whether it's uh, a dentist office to a retail store to um, a therapy center um, I've kind of just been merging all of that together and figuring out what's going to work for us and you know some of it is going to be trial and error a little bit mm-hmm. um, but ultimately I know what we're going to provide I feel confident in that so it might just you know sometimes take a second to figure out um, some of the other things but it's it's been a pretty uh, People have really been excited about this, and so they've been really willing to um, share their knowledge, which is very beneficial to me. So, so if you've been kind of going and talking to mm-hmm. small businesses in other sectors, mm-hmm. right, to get a sense of how to do this, sounds like there isn't a model for what you're doing, or, or is there a version of the quad in some other place that you're like, that could work here? Yes. Yeah, so um, there's not a, an exact model. Um, California and Colorado are the two states that have things the most similar to this, okay. and uh, especially in California. Yep. Um, and, you know, they offer different services um, with the goal of kind of having some of the same um, services that, that I hope to offer um, and, and will offer. But, um you know, it, it definitely is something that's kind of figuring out as we go. Mm-hmm. I think just like in higher education, 10 years ago, there was maybe 150 higher education programs for mm-hmm. students with intellectual disabilities. Now there's 316. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're growing as far as a society and our mindset of, of what these individuals can accomplish. So I think that as we continue to you know move towards the future, there will be more places like this for adults because we're now thinking about, oh wait, these individuals are in our society, they're in our community, they're working. We need to make sure we're providing the supports they need. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm, I'm the first in Lafayette to do this, but I don't think I'll be the last by any means. Yeah. Um, Julie, I mean, are, I guess I'm curious if, if any of kind of what you're facing now, right? We talk about safety, right, as a broader concept within, say, the energy, energy, energy industry, and part of what puts that into um, 
into commerce, so to speak, is through regulatory requirements, right? I mean, that the, 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 the state or federal government or localities require. I mean, is the sustainability piece of this also something that, you know, your clients potentially are going to face from like a regulatory kind of thing? Or is it really just about corporate social responsibility? So at this time, it's about corporate social responsibility. However, as you and I both know, there are bills that have been um, brought up and tried to pass, um, but those were not successful. So are we on the brink of that? We're going to be prepared. Sure. There is also the other side of it that investors are encouraged to invest in businesses who are implementing sustainability within their organization Mm -hmm. and encouraged to do business with vendors who are implementing sustainability. So they're also receiving carbon credits. You know, there's so many incentives that they are giving in order for you to implement sustainability Hmm. into your organization. Are there some, like, so I'm kind of familiar with, like, the carbon credit concept and some of the sort of economic incentives around, um, you know, environmental sustainability. But you mentioned that sustainability means a lot of other things. Are there similar kind of processes that are, or incentive structures built around poverty? Okay. Um, So, I mean, this feels like a very new space. I mean, does that make it sort of, like, challenging where you're kind of saying, like, man, I mean, I've got to research to this myself. I mean, we're trying to think about what could come. I mean, there's regulation that may happen. It may not happen. I mean, is that why you're kind of focused mostly on like what you can do and control internally? Yes. However, our focus to focus internally was to learn the process, learn sustainability and get educated in that before we implemented it to our customer base. So I guess another question might be, given just kind of how, I don't know, open, wide open this might be, and you're like, I got to learn this stuff. Where do you go to learn it? <laughs> Google. <laughs> we'd, we'd all start there, right? A good Google phrase would be good. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like, this is tricky, right? I mean, like, you know, somebody sits down and they say, you know, your boss says, we need to be more sustainable. And I think this is really important. We need to become a sustainable company. And sort of the working uh, marching order is, go learn what that is, right? But I'm not aware of, you know, necessarily a curriculum that you can take. I mean, so it sounds like you're kind of having to figure this out for yourself. And so I'm just curious, like, if I'm a person who might be in the same position as you, where would I start? Google seemed like a good place to start, but after that, where do you go? (laughs) Right. So it was researching on Google and then also going and look at some of our customers. And when I started exploring every single customer had a sustainability tab on Mm. their website. So it was reading what was sustainability for them, how Mm. did they implement it, what are they measuring, what are they reporting, and what does that look like? Sure. So so kind of like trying on some different versions of this and seeing what would fit your company, kind of. Yes, and I mean, I I actually searched up what does sustainability look like in the oil and gas industry and educated myself on the people who are 100% pushing this versus the people who are 100% pushing back at it. And what does that look like? How do we come to that level of balance of responsibility of doing the right thing? Sure, sure. I mean, I can imagine that's, 
that's tricky. Um, well, playing nice in the sandbox. Yeah, and I mean, it's of course <laughs> this, this environment, right? I mean, it can be challenging. Everybody's got an opinion about it, right? Ooh. I mean, that's the way it goes. Yes. Um, Caroline, I, I'm I'm a little curious to hear a bit more about the sort of the structure of the business model here. I mean, you know, so you know, you, you talk about memberships. I'm thinking subscription kind of based service, somebody, you know, monthly annual kind of membership fees. Right. I mean, are there other revenue streams that are available to you? I mean, would, would like insurance cover something like this? Potentially, uh, insurance could come into play, especially whenever uh, we're looking at things like speech services, counseling. Um, right now, we're starting with just private uh, private pay, um, just to kind of get off the ground and, and get everything figured out. But um, it is a membership model. Uh, and again, this all kind of came from talking to these groups um, of, of families and individuals. And so on a regular scheduled basis, they have classes, kind of like how we go online and schedule a workout class if we want to do that for some, you know, boutique fitness places, similar to that. Um, and then there's uh, the clubhouse, which is, you know, has arcade games and a coffee bar. And, you know, you can check out laptops if you need um, to kind of have a place to go that's that's theirs. Um, and to really uh, engage in that informal social time um, is, is one of the goals of that. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, a monthly membership basis. Um, they'll kind of go in terms. So somewhat similar to a school system, you know, we, we're uh, emphasizing this is not school. This is for adults. It's a much more laid back setting. Um, it's very age appropriate as far as what the individuals are working on. Um, but in the sense that, you know, you're, you're committed to a term. So you're committed to whether it's a three-month term or a two-month term, um, that way we can kind of build on skills as we go, not just um, a one-and-done, um, you know, we can really dive into some topics and some um, uh, skills that we want them to, to learn. Did you consider doing, like, after-school programming? Yes, uh, and that's definitely been something that I think down the road we could look at more for, especially when we look at um, teenage uh, years, not necessarily young children, um, but more when we get into that high school. There will be options for summer, um, uh, June and July, so high school seniors you know, who are leaving high school, that could be something that they do. Um, and, you know, we want to emphasize, too, that this is – we don't want this to be the individual's whole life, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want them to only have the quad. We want to be a very important part of their life, and we want to be what helps support them in the other parts of their mm -hmm. life. Um, so that's kind of uh, where where we're starting and, and going from there. I, I tell everyone, I'm like, this is just phase one. Uh, I've got about six phases. Uh, I don't know whenever they'll come, but, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we're going to get phase one really figured out and then, you know, move, uh, move towards other things. Um, one of the areas I have a lot of experience in is kind of listening to feedback based on what we're offering and going, okay, this is working, but we could be doing this too, or we could be doing this better. And when we redesigned the program that I was the director of, it was a lot of that. Um, hmm. So that's kind of how we're taking this as well. Hmm. So Julie, you also have a line of healthy seasonings, right? So have you been able to keep that going as you're kind of figuring out this new world and sustainability? Yes, I have. So I have a blending company who is currently blending that for me out of New Orleans. And so for the packing, I've actually had my in-laws to step up and help me to start packing it. That's a sustainable business model. <laughs> that is. In-laws, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what is it that makes it a healthy seasoning? I mean, is it just reduced sodium? I mean, how does that work? 
So it is reduced sodium. The salt that we use is called real salt. Okay. So it still has all the minerals in it. So typically, whenever you utilize it, you will not swell. Um, so that's a great thing. Um, also, too, um, it has turmeric in it, and it has no black pepper okay. and no MSG. Okay. Wait, so turmeric, but no, so I always hear this thing that you need black pepper to activate turmeric. Is that not true? We use red pepper. Not sure about all the details. <laughs> so, but well, I guess all that to say is, is black pepper considered like a, I hadn't heard that black pepper would be something you'd want to pull out of a seasoning for health reasons. Yeah. So the reason why we pulled out the black pepper and added the turmeric yeah. is my brother-in-law had colon cancer whenever he was 33 years old. And it was right about the same time that I was formulating the blend. Yeah. Whenever he saw the cancer speci specialist, they informed him that black pepper does not digest huh. in the intestines and yeah. encouraged him not to have black pepper, but also to add turmeric yeah. to his diet because it lowered inflammation. So that's why those two things were decided on. I have to ask, I mean, do you feel like in the time that you've done research about sustainability, has it changed the way you think about making your blend? Do you have to think about where am I sourcing my red pepper? No, because it's really not an option. <laughs> I think you might have found a new business idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you, you, you put it, I think, in, in, in smart terms, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it's sort of an entrepreneurial mindset, just kind of coming at whatever task you have in front of you and saying, how can I solve right. this problem? Yeah. Right. And, you know, whenever you look at sustainability and you look at the business that I have and, you know, where we are in life, it's, oh, well, this is exciting. I'm already doing sustainability in so many different areas sure. because I've created something to be able to help my community to still eat Cajun food right. and taste good. Yeah. Well, that all sounds like a perfectly sensible business approach to me. And thank you guys both for joining me on Out to Lunch, Katie. Thank you thank so much you. for having us. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Caroline Drissich, founder of The Quad, and Julie Este, sustainability manager at Industrial Safety Solutions. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about The Quad and Industrial Safety Solutions by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on our podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit news organization. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.